especially we are not really used to that kind of weather. And the houses are built to keep the heat inside, so when uh, the, the 30 Celsius uh, heats, uh, it's gonna stay inside for that two weeks with no AC and nothing to cool it down. All of the annoyances aside, though, you can't cool this podcast down because this is the 25th episode of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast for the 10th of July, 2022. I'm blind, and it's 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm recording this podcast with Arch Place Stuff. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing quite well. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing. Bellinaire is also here. How are you today, sir? I'm doing as well. It's early for me as well. It's 3 p.m. I've oh already boy. had food and gone to the shop, and I, I'm doing then all things which I usually would start doing it like after a three when I wake up. So it's been way early for me as well. well. See, that's it. I I was sitting here at like eleven, and I thought, okay, wait, I'm meant to be doing this podcast. I've got all this stuff. I need to have a snack. So I I in good fashion went downstairs and and had a snack. And then came up and I was all ready for the podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm at my, like, okay, I'm not going to say my peak because, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm at a comfortable time right now. Midnight's usually my time, you know, and that's yeah, a throwback from, from when I lived with family and it was nighttime was my time and I could focus or, or not focus if I chose to, you know, there was the, the freedom of the cool night air. I've just been like in in kind of a weird headspace for the past week. I kind you know those those points when you're just like, man, I'm gonna be in a really bad mood in like a week. Yeah, that 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 was me about a week ago, <laughs> and so oh, I'm like, no. at, I'm just at like peak. Like brain is being an idiot. Like I keep tweeting on Twitter things like send pictures of cats and stuff like that because I'm just in the uh, mental dumpster as of late, but getting by. Oh, I'm going to send you the best cat picture I've received today. Did, did you see the picture of the cat on the backpack that I posted while I was on my hike over the weekend? Yes, I did. I must admit, I didn't notice the cat at first and thought you were just being a creep. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait, there's a cat in a backpack. <laughs> there's literally a cat on the back of that person's backpack. It was a fun hike too. Um, the next time we go up there, we're we're gonna go to the dollar store before we go up, and we're gonna buy like twenty dollars in bug nets. And then whenever somebody compliments our bug nets, we're gonna hand out free bug nets because the bugs up there are pretty bad right now. Everything up there just gets swarmed with deer flies, which like to make little triangle incisions into your body and remove skin so that they can lay their eggs. It hurts uh, like an yes. absolute. Ugh. <laughs> We we do love skin laying, egg laying skin. We do love things. <laughs> <laughs> that, that does sound like you're a corner of the world with a, everything that tries to kill you. And eat no, you. no. See, the thing is, is everything in Australia is just straight up aggressive, right? It's poisonous. It's venomous. It attacks you. It's not something that, oh, it lays eggs in your skin and, you know, you're going to have all of these issues. In Australia, if something decides it's going to kill you, you're just going to straight up die, right? There's none of this dealing with all of these issues later or a slow and painful death. You know, that's just it's, the Australians. Wait till you hear about the animals. 
a guy looks at you wrong at 5 p.m. in the bottle you're done. No, like, you think about Australian animals and you're like, oh yeah, there's all these, all these uh, venomous spiders and they'll bite you and kill you. And there's all these snakes and they'll squeeze you and bite you and kill you. And then there's crocodiles and they'll just eat you and kill you. There's nothing like, oh yeah, this swims up your body and then lays eggs and leaves barbs inside your skin and you, you know, you suffer you, horrible pain are you, for... Are you confusing Canada with, like, the Amazon River? Actually, Africa, <laughs> but also, yes. But I'm just saying... Because the Amazon River has those bugs that like to sw swim up your dick. Um... Look, all I'm saying is Australia fucks you straight up. None of this subversive... You know, oh, I'm gonna lay eggs in your skin stuff. No, it's just bang done. Next. In the in the before times, but before the uh, the the world became a pandemic ridden waste riddled wasteland, um, uh, I was I was hanging out at a pub that I used to frequent quite a bit with a friend of mine. Um, and they kind of have like this open floor area where people can just kind of like wander around and swap tables and do pub things, right? And I ended up at this table with these three Australian dudes and they were planning on going hiking and they'd only just arrived in Vancouver. And, um, one of them asked me that they, they, they were, we were talking back and forth about like wildlife and like things that you need to be careful about. And we kind of came to the conclusion that in, in Australia, it's the tiny little spider that's on the back of your backpack that kills you in Canada. You don't see the thing that kills you because the thing that kills you is the mountain lion that's been stalking you for 15 kilometers. And then suddenly you're dead. Yeah. Yeah, see that, and or, or you could punch a moose, you know, like no, there are... <laughs> <laughs> no selfie. a moose is like a Clydesdale horse that's bigger than a Clydesdale and has the temperament of a bull. You, you don't punch the moose; you just hear a foghorn and then you run <laughs> and hope you get out of the way. <laughs> Wasn't there that one tourist uh, who went to take a, a selfie with the moose and got uh, killed, basically? There, there's a there's a video online of another bunch of Australians uh, a number of years ago. This was one of the first, like, not pretty videos I've ever seen on the internet. Um, and they were up in the Coquihalla Highway, and they were, like, cornering a brown bear and trying to pet it. <laughs> Sounds like anyway, a fantastic they all idea. <laughs> anyway, they all died horribly. Not, not Look, surprising. All, all I'm saying is... Australians are used to the big furry things being not venomous, at least. <laughs> I, not I don't venomous. know who. I who? Say, I wouldn't try and punch a. I wouldn't try and pet a kangaroo. No, don't. They're they're they're. They'll fuck your shit up. They seem like, like a giant rabbit. No, they're and even rabbits. Worse. They've got. You up. They've got claws. They're they're there to like. Did you see the guy fight one? Have you have you seen any wild rabbits recently? They also have claws, sir. I've not fought a wild rabbit. <laughs> Would you but, like? But to? you fought because the kangaroo. I've got plenty. <laughs> okay, I think that if it was me versus a wild bunny, I could beat it in a fight. A kangaroo, it's fifty-fifty. <laughs> if I have to go out and punch a bunny to prove it, I will. Don't punch bunnies. They're nice. This podcast. <laughs> we are kind of like the opposite of Australia. Like we have like nothing that's actually dangerous. I mean, we do have bears and things, but you don't. You don't. You ever don't see them. Like the bear will run away before even. You've got the Finnish people themselves. 
No, like, we, 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 no, no, we just kill ourselves. We don't kill someone else. No, all I'm saying is, is if Russia invaded Australia, it's not going to be the kangaroos that wiped them out. Yet, <laughs> if Russia invades Finland, they'll just disappear and the Finnish people will be like, yeah, they came close to us, you know? It's very possible. Yeah, that's it, you know? you. I was going to just say you have Finland's winters, which are also pretty dangerous. Uh, aren't, aren't really. If, if you're you not have a prepared, house to uh, live in there, fine, I would say. Yeah, yeah. It also wildly depends which part of the Finland you live in. Like I, I, I live part. quite north, uh, but I live in the coast, uh, so it's actually really mild winters in here most of the time. Is okay, okay, is it a mild Finnish winter? What what temperature does it get down to? I mean, it it can go like more than minus thirty, but it's not. Usually, like around zero to ten, minus ten. That's about the same as here, actually. Yeah, but you do live quite a coastal as well, so. I have to put on a jacket when it gets to around ten degrees. Yeah, but you're not used to it. I mean, that's beside the point. I put on a jacket (laughs) yesterday, and it was twenty degrees. Is it because you wanted to look moody? No, because I was cold. Oh, okay. You get very quickly used to, like, when we had those 30 Celsius weather, so it's like first week, you're like dying, but then it's like, eh, well, I'm surviving. And then it, when it drops to like 20, 15 or something, it starts to feel cold, even though for Finns that should be pretty hotter. Then like currently we have like a, right? was it 12 or something outside-ish, and it actually kind of feels cool. When usually it's like a t-shirt weather. Yeah, for for me, it it really depends on where my head's at. Sometimes it'll be like kind of warm out like yesterday and I'll be like, well, putting a jacket on. And then sometimes it'll be like, I don't know, five degrees Celsius. And I'll be like, ah, yes, t-shirt weather. (laughs) Like, (laughs) It depends on what my brain feels like doing at the time. Fair. But like there there was a, a, a couple of winters when I was still commuting where it was like, Minus 22, minus 35 with wind chill, and I'm sitting at a bus stop in jeans and a light jacket, shivering. Yeah. It's quite normal here as well. Been there, done that. Yeah, no. I would I would just I would just straight up be a popsicle. Well No. But you would have probably been like me and loitered at the gas station in between buses more often than not. They had hot chocolate, so it was it was pretty good works for me <laughs> speaking of works for you arch you've got an itch bundle you wanted to uh talk about a, a little bit i think yeah well this, this is a this is a big topic because i've kind of wanted to talk about this a bit and it ties in with the other topic i wanted to talk about um the itch.io bundle for abortion funds um it's still going. It's going for another five days and 18 hours. It's raising funds for the National Network of Abortion Funds, which is an absolutely amazing organization. They, we all know the news of Roe versus Wade being overturned in the US, and we know that it doesn't stop abortions. It stops safe abortions. What the National Network of Abortion Funds does is they help people get to where they can get safe abortions, whether it's transport, accommodation, 
anything of that. They work with local grassroots organizations across the states to ensure that people can get to the reproductive health care they need. And like it just it's it's amazing. It's already raised almost two hundred and sixty one thousand US dollars. And I'm doing my part as well because at the end of last month, um, I had a conversation with um Aya and she was very like we were both very deeply upset by what was happening and we wanted to do something. So I decided to dedicate this month to uh raising funds for it. And you know, I'm a small streamer. I'm not I'm not huge. I'm not 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 as big as uh you two or or anyone else on the team really. But we've already raised $200 and it's the one week in and I think that's really awesome. And um yeah, like this is something that that means a lot to me and seeing the itch.io bundle as well. You know, it's just amazing to see and there's also a lot of fun games in there i'll talk more about them during the game section because i played quite a few on stream but um yeah no definitely shout check out to out buck up bundle. and drive buck up and drive okay i did not play that one the the reason i'm gonna say shout outs to buck up and drive is it it's it's like a 90s arcade racing game sort of like um like anything you would have seen in an arcade in, in sometime in the 90s right but it's also a fighting game so you're 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 racing cars and then a cop will catch up to you and then your car suplexes the cop car. It's pretty great. <laughs> wow. See, this is this is the problem. I needed to do this stream when you're around. Also, so it's a Tony Hawk game. It's a what? So it's a you can grind on rails. <laughs> <laughs> so you you're, you're like a like a Ferrari sports car or something just like zipping it down the the highway suplexing cop cars and like t doing big sick jumps and flips and like grinding on fences it's 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 a video game <laughs> but shout out that, to buck up and drive <laughs> yeah i like um i like i just checked out the devs twitter and it's got i draw stuff i also throw throw shit at the wall and call it game dev yep I mean, buck up and drive. If that's not just like if defined by that, it sounds it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I kind of felt felt like I just I I cut into you. My brain's a little soggy at this time of the morning. No, no, I I quite like that. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, it's really awesome to see that bundle, and it ties in a, a lot with what I've been doing as well. So, you know, if you if you do have ten dollars and you want to chuck it towards a good cause um and you want to play buck up and drive definitely worth doing so something that i just want to shut up uh on this subject is uh this indie bundle for abortion funds includes 481 physical games and five or sorry 510 physical games and 481 digital games uh with a total of 1122 items the things with these bundles is they tend to just kind of have stuff more at just stuff added to them as they go um and but usually by the end of them, it, it ends up being upwards of like 1,200 to 1,500 different items that you end up getting out of them. So they're ridiculously good value. Um, on this subject, there's another bundle I would like to shout out, which will also be linked under this podcast, um, which is worthy of a better, stronger together for re reproductive rights, um, which has raised $30,000 of their $150,000 goal. 
also has um, roughly 120 games in it and f- about 40 physical games. It's got some different games and some of the same games. It's also got uh, my favorite uh, productivity tool called Tape included included with it, which is kind of neat. Um, but this one uh, splits between two different organizations, which is the or- National Organization for Women and the Center for Reproductive Rights. Um, National Organization for Women's is a U.S. lobbying group, um, which lobbies in favor of things like abortion rights. Um, and uh, the the other one is um, a, a more standard uh, reproductive rights group. And I, I think that that's also a bundle that's worth highlighting. It's uh, a very similar kind of thing, but and for a very similar cause, but from a different direction. So instead of directly helping, it's lobbying, which is also important. Yeah. Um, I've also just bought that as well. So I'll be checking out tape. Um, and it's just a really nice history. notes and reminder tool. That's super light. Look, look, I'm always looking for a good notes and reminder tool. If there's one thing that's, that's common about ADHD is you're always looking at the next planner. You don't follow them. You don't listen to them, but you always want the next one. Cause maybe it'll work with this one. Oh, and also, um, hack H A Q U E is in both of these bundles fantastic little roguelike also has some things that makes it approachable if you've never played a roguelike before so so it is actually a roguelike it's actually a roguelike but it's it's very um meta kind of in the same way that like hmm what's the name of that game undertale is meta so like there's when you beat the game for the first time, you you truly begin to unlock uh, what the game is trying to tell you about. I'll put it that way. Right. Okay. Okay. It's it's a good little game, and I recommend it. I'll I'll, I'll definitely be checking it out. But it's also just a good little roguelike. There's a third game for the playdate in this bundle. Gosh darn it. All right, I need to stop scrolling down this bundle. These bundles are dangerous. But yeah, no, great causes, great bundles. As, as I said on stream uh, earlier this week, whenever crappy things happen in the world, um, that is immediately responded to by incredible itch bundles with way too many games and great value. So all I can say is just go pick up some good bundles and go play some good games. Uh, we'll be right back after this uh, short break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the games that we've been playing this week. Thank you very much for, for, for listening to our speeches about these itch bundles. I think that they go towards a great cause, and uh, we'll, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Hi. I'm going to interrupt your regularly scheduled advertisement in this section of the podcast to plop a real quick announcement in here. The join page for the Halcyon Frequency Game Jam is now public. You can join it at your leisure. There is a link in the description of this podcast, as well as all of the descriptions of the various video versions. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on the Halcyon Frequency Discord. Thank you very much for listening to this little advertisement for a Halcyon Frequency ran event, our game jam on itch.io. And please enjoy the rest of this podcast and we're back with more of the halcyon frequency podcast episode 25 i'm still blind i'm still with arch and bellinaires here as well we're going to talk about the games that we've been playing this week and i think arch wants to start off by talking about the bundles the itch.io bundles that we were talking about in the previous segment so any uh standout highlights from you so far yeah so i played quite a few um the first one i played which was Honestly, it started out as this really nice sort of, almost felt like the old school Flash games, is um, The Floor is Jelly. Now, it's it's really minimal, like you, but 
basically all the all the terrain has 90s anime boob jiggle physics um you know they just bounce everywhere and um, so it becomes what did i not nothing just, you just know exactly talking. what i mean <laughs> yep um so description. There, there's a lot of bouncing around and you've sort of got to start timing the bounces because the you know obviously when you jump while it's going up you'll go further and then you know you can basically wall jump because you're jumping from wall to wall and being bounced around and it gets really really fun until it hits a point that you read a computer and it becomes massively existential and it started to break my brain as it's going on about how you know you imagine yourself reading this while you were reading this do you picture yourself reading this while you were imagining yourself reading this and i'm like okay and then apparently there were like even more to try and get and i was just like all right but i think i ended up having to move on to the next game when crossing certain lines changed what was solid and what wasn't so you had to basically pass through these paths in different ways and it got a little bit too confusing to me and we'd already been in it for an hour and I wanted to showcase more of the bundle. So we jumped on to, uh, I'm just going through what I've actually downloaded. Um, uh, Sub Uber Marine, which is basically a crazy taxi, but you were a um, submarine driver. That was a lot of fun. And uh, not Sadie Sale, it was the other side that I also played. The other side was a really cool game where your entire job was to basically power this drill to cut through a wall, right? And there were multiple things that could go wrong with the drill and you'd have to take it off, put it back, unscrew things, fill up the coolant, fill up the oil, charge the battery and all of that. And you were basically, it had this idea that you were being forced to stay inside but, um, you know, you saw the surface and you feel like you were being lied to. So you're trying to escape and security's on their way. It was really quite fun. Um, and, and a really good learning curve too. Like the first layer was in your own time. And then the second layer was security's coming. You've got five minutes. So it, it, it sort of really got you in eat nice and easy to understand how everything breaks, how it's all fixed. But then once you up, once you do that, it, it, ramps up and it does keep quite a nice suspenseful feeling throughout it so yeah there's there's a lot of fun ones in there and they've added more and i'm looking at the ones they've added since and i'm like yeah i would have absolutely played this <laughs> but i'll probably be playing more off stream for sure it's it's kind of funny because like I'm, I'm i'm looking at like this flora's jelly game and it's like i i own this from about a dozen different charity bundles over the years um I'm, i haven't played it yet yeah maybe i should it, play it it does get a little hectic when you've got to like bounce certain ways quickly um yeah it, it's it's very interesting but no i've i quite enjoyed it Uh, Mune base is in here. I'm just noticing. See, this this is the problem that. I have. I'm not an itch.io 
experienced person. Well, Moonbase is yeah, on Steam. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is you are like the master when it comes to each IO, right? No, I'm not. I'm just really bored and had okay, too much free you, time you for you. You are like the bored um, and but... too much free time person of each IO. You know more about the games and you've probably <laughs> played more of them than me. So I looked through this and uh, yeah. Well, I... Well, I'll give you. I can give you the elevator okay. pitch for Moon Base. It's don't starve on the moon, but you're a cat. I'm sold already. <laughs> That's a very simple concept. You build a little space station on the moon, as a cat in a spacesuit. I also wanted to try. That's why it's called Moon Base, spelled M E W N. Five Nights Among Us. <laughs> because it sounds. Yeah, I'm offended it's, by the it's, name it's of literally that. the Among Us uh, creatures, people, beans. I don't know what they are. Um, but then it's given like a Five Nights at Freddy's, you know, everything is dark fog vibe. So there, there's a lot. <laughs> also, this is super neat. Um, choice chambers in this bundle. Oh, I don't know what that means. That is the original chat interaction game. <laughs> oh, okay, that's cool. I'm literally just scrolling down this bundle now and calling out <laughs> games that seem neat or that I'm aware of. I don't know if this is exactly the intended no, point no, of this topic. No, no, not but... really, but like, hey, you do you. Did, did you play anything else that was um, interesting from, from this the bundle? Not from the bundle. I, I, there was a couple that were not interesting. Um... <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I imagine uh, lots of these games are quite hit and miss. Uh... Some of them you play and you're like, I don't quite understand. Like, I couldn't change the controls of one of the games. Like, and I had no clue how to make things work. So that was a really quick one. But, you know, like, it's it's it's, it's hit and miss with a lot of the games. But that's why, you know, you're given a thousand of them. You're not going to be given a thousand AAA games. It's also really cool to let you try like small, very innovative, maybe some of them, eh? like trying out like totally different concepts that you wouldn't get in a like a big AA game. Absolutely, absolutely. We it's it's fun seeing games done for an idea as opposed to games done for a profit. Um, and and that is something that I've always quite liked about itch.io. There's a lot of games that are done in there that are sort of they kind of take an idea or a mechanic and they they work on that and then they see what comes of it as opposed to um you know being like oh well it wouldn't sell well in marketing so let's not make this game yeah i imagine there's a bunch of really good games that comes out of that as well trying out throw a little this and that together and see what comes out and uh, it turns out to be a really good game oh for sure absolutely like uh, for example the backpack hero that was on each uh, and it's now kickstarted uh, very successfully, which is basically uh, an inventory management game with a roguelike thrown together, and it works really well. Oh, if you want to make your brain fall out of your ear while you're wanting to jam pencils into your eyes, play Super is Hot. Um, no. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, it's super hot, but you're you're also playing Baba is You. So you have to change the rules of the world while playing Baba is You so that you can then play super hot with the rules from that you just programmed the game to use for Baba that is You. Sounds like you. a very cool concept if it's very well done. It's a cool concept, but my god, your brain will yeah, fall I'm out of your ear. <laughs> also, I'm I'm a big fan of the description of this, which is super hot X Baba's you mashup game. It you did not ask for, but got anyway. Um, this is the worst game that I've ever had to bug fix. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's uh, terrible. If it's a really complex just to play, then how to actually program it and how to bug fix and all of that. Uh... Yeah. Also, Hypnospace Outlaws in this bundle, which is actually like the thing that makes the bundle worth it. I should stop just like randomly naming games and you. we, we should yeah, talk next about game. other games. Next maybe. game. <laughs> all right, I can talk about Anvil Saga. So Anvil Saga had a demo during the re uh, latest uh, Steam uh, Demo Fest uh, event they're having. And it was actually quite nice. Other than uh, I wasn't able to get any food uh, in the demo, so everyone starved, which is uh, a little bad. Side. But they now came out in early access, uh, and uh, I immediately jumped into, into it. Uh, it's uh, basically... Like a business management uh, simulator with a little RPG elements thrown in, where you are a, a blacksmith uh, um, in France during English-France war, and you kind of have to flip-flop uh, between the sides of which one you want to support, and there's also um, witches, the church, and uh, like shady people, and you make things uh, what they want. Uh, and it's, it's almost like a, if you played any of those, like a... Uh, food restaurant serving things. It's kind of same and they just come uh, throw an order. And it's basically a drive through blacksmith. Uh, and uh, you get a couple of helpers. Uh, you build a house. And it's it's, it's pretty fantastic uh, as is. Uh, and there's uh, some really fun cameos. There's a uh, totally not a link from Zelda. It's a stranger from another world. And then there's a Dragula asking for a um, non-silver uh, cutlery because he can't use silver tools and there's all kinds of weirdness. <laughs> um, nice. The only problem with that is that it only has a story for the first 20 days of the game, which is like two, four hours, depending how slow you go. So it's, it's actually pretty limited. Uh, and um, they have a roadmap up, uh, but not no dates or anything when, when the next uh, parts of the story are coming. So it's, uh, it's definitely a, a great game, but probably... Unless you really want to jump with it now, it's probably just better to wait uh, at least a few of those big updates to actually have some content yeah. in it. Has the sandbox mode launched yet? I don't know. I didn't try it. There is an option for a story and sandbox. But I didn't actually try the sandbox at all. But I imagine yeah, the sandbox I... is very, very boring. Can I say Because shit? you don't have when any I, fun uh... events or anything happening. And then it's just well, uh, think... basically Smith, Smith, Smith and expand. Yeah, I imagine the fun events would happen. But yeah, you might not get the story progression. But when I mm. played it... um yeah the sandbox wasn't out yet but it definitely looked interesting and it definitely looked like something that i wanted to to check out like because yeah. i played it i played the demo um and then has it launched properly yet or it's still in yeah it's in rx now i think yeah yeah so i would have the actual the actual thing for it. i've just not played it since then can i say shout outs to a steam review on this real quick this person claims to be the spiffing Brit, but I don't think they're actually the spiffing Brit. But um, the 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 review is 
Cons. Game contains the French. Pros. You can backstab the <laughs> Yeah, French. you can actually do that in story events. It I usually mean, gives you does... like a few choices there. That does sound a little bit like the spiffing, Brett. <laughs> it kind of does, but I'm not sure that that's, that's actually... Really cool. Like, they have like anyway. a like, faction um... relationship uh, meter as a... And you have a positive and negative effects uh, being uh, high enough or low enough uh, on different uh, relationships. And, and for example, if you have a really high um, uh, reputation with the, like the rogues or the tra like the shady people, you get like a bouncer uh, at your uh, smithy, and uh, he extorts extra money from certain uh, customers. And there's a similar one for the church who sends uh, a beggar, and then uh, there's also a witcher who comes uh, extort money from people. And then you get like discounts, and uh, uh, if you anger the um, English, all your uh, interior decorating gets more expensive, and it's, it's really cool. Oh yeah, also witches. Uh, if, if you get a, you get you, there's a, um, you start as a like a un, under the French rule, but depending on the story events, you can actually flip sides. Uh, like the English come come and take over the land, and you have to pay taxes uh, to whoever. Uh, it's controlling the land. Unless you're really uh, popular with the church, then you pay to the church, and you only pay half the amount of the tax. But if you're also friends with the witches, uh, uh, you can actually uh, hit the taxman with a lightning bolt, and then you don't have to pay tax. Um, this is okay. why I hate games. They appeal to the male fantasy. <laughs> I mean, you would smite the taxman in real life as well if you could. Exactly. I like my tax no, lady. No, not the person who, not the she person who does up. your taxes. The person but, who you have to pay taxes to. Yeah, comes collecting taxes. You can also refuse to pay the tax. Yeah, they give me free health care. Yeah, I'm pretty happy to pay our tax as well. I I I, I quite I quite like the the people. Yeah, same. That I take my tax money. <laughs> thanks. <Yeah, no. laughs> I make sure I don't go bankrupt. Yeah. Generally, <laughs> just in case anyone's listening. Sorry. <laughs> what that I'm, that, that I, like I think all three taxes? of us live in a, in a countries where we get pretty good uh, return for our tax money on like everything, healthcare, uh, education, and all all of that. Yeah. Uh, education, not so much. Healthcare, yeah, but for over here at least. Anyway, this is a politics-heavy <laughs> podcast. Jason. It's times. It's how to get one-star ratings on iTunes. I mean, it's, it's rating fun. still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. So what have you been playing, Blinder, this weekend? What have I been playing? Um, sleep deprivation. Uh, I, I've i been playing a UDFT, and uh, enter a game called Enter the Chronosphere. But I think I'm going to start off with UDFT, because this one's real quick. Um, also, re um, Ukraine Defense Force Tactics! <laughs> While, yeah. while we're talking politics, uh, Ukraine Defense Force Tactics is a um, very small, uh, like three dollar um, indie project made by a bunch of Polish devs, um, where all of the profits go to come back alive, and uh, it's kind of um, it's a very simple game. It's it's a wave defense game, tactics game with hexes and the occasional Wilhelm scream when you, when a, a, an infantry unit dies. It's it's a simple little tactics game um, that's very much focused on like turtling um, against uh, endless waves of hordes of Russians, and um, it's 
it has all of the mechanics of a competent tactics game um, and all of kind of the bits and pieces to make a competent tactics game, but it doesn't really have anything else around it, right? So it, it gives you a little randomly generated map with a bunch of hexes, and then you just kind of have to survive as long as possible, and that's kind of the whole game. Uh, when you die, you get a score, and then you can spend that score on, like, small update uh, upgrades for your units, things like, you know, slightly more damage or slightly more HP um, or slightly more move speed. Um, but the kind of neat mechanic that it has is you kind of snowball. So every single time you kill an enemy unit, um, a little power-up pops up that gives you an extra action point permanently for the rest of the game until that unit is defeated. So by the end of it, you'll have these tanks that can shoot like nine times in a turn, and it's kind of fun, actually. It's, it, it's, it's like I said, it's a very simple game. I've, I've got maybe two hours in it. I, I put up a video of it the other day. Um, it's... It's a very simple little tactics game, but it's got all of the bones of a good tactics game. It's just very simple because it was made in like a month and a half with a small team. Um, the the group that, um, that 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 put this together, um, all of the art in it is completely unique to the game, and it looks fantastic. There's like two short animated cutscenes in it. Uh, all of the uh, character units and animations and sounds are great. Uh, it feel it's a very polished little thing, and I I I quite like it. Um, like I kind of expected to just like play it and be like, all right, this is a charity project, cool, and then just move on. But it's actually like a compelling little strategy game. Also, um, every I think it's like ten turns or something. There's an airstrike which comes in on the map, and the kind of funny thing is, you'd expect the airstrike to be a bad thing for the player, right? The airstrikes usually end up blowing up more Russians than you. So it's very, it's very <laughs> accurate to real life lore too. It's kind of a. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a thing. Um, so like you'll you'll just be like turtling, and then it'll be like, oh god, airstrike's coming in next turn. So you move all your dudes out, and then they all move into the tiles with the airstrike. Also, um, if you kill a person of interest on the enemy team, um, you get these little cards, and they sometimes come in in airdrops, which will give you like one. They're like one use burn cards. So it'll be like call in an airstrike, uh, make it impossible for the enemies to sh move this next turn. Um, uh, make this one one of your units invulnerable this next turn. Um, damage and cripple and force them to not move for five turns on an enemy unit and things like that. So like, it, there's there's depth to it. Cool. it. It's fun. That sounds That's my bit on Ukraine defense force yeah, tactics. That sounds like bots. it's for a good cause and it's also an entertaining game. Yeah. Um, Belenair, do you want to tell me why you've been playing Oxygen yeah. Not Included again? I've been. Wanting to play the a bunch again. I mean, I only put like five, six hundred hours uh, when it came out in the original early access, which was uh, the reason why I got partnered there on Twitch because it was widely successful uh, on my channel as well. And then um, after five hundred hours, I kind of did uh, not play the, that much, <laughs> surprisingly. Uh, and uh, I came back to it again when the actual launch was uh, for the vanilla. And then a little bit of when the DLC launched, but I haven't actually played the DLC all the way to the end, and I've been meaning to do that for ages. And I thought that was a good uh, moment of uh, nothing big and interesting coming out uh, for a little while. And I'm like, let's go back to auction that included, and uh, finally do the uh, whole content uh, all the way to the end. Uh, and it's been it's been really fun. Also, there's been like a bunch of different updates. Uh, there was a really nice uh, like a performance update just uh, just before I started playing and it's been great it's like going back to 2017 again and playing it playing all those games from there an old 
Yeah. An old comfy blanket. But it's it's just a it's just wildly different from the vanilla now with the multiple asteroids and ha- like previously you could uh, you had like only the one asteroid where you lived there and then you send a rocket uh, to a different one and it just basically showed you like a rocket went there and comes back and it brought you materials but now with the DLC each asteroid is actually a, a place you can build a colony and get their See, materials I've, and do other things I've been recommended oxygen not included sometimes but I've never played it. It's also one of those games that breaks your brain. Like it, the stuff you well, build is pretty complex. So. It to me, it always looked a little bit too much like um, Fallout Shelter, uh, shelters and such. I'm not saying you know mobile game. I'm saying the side scrolling when you're like, okay, we need this room that gets built there, and you just dig down and you just keep building out. Is that yeah? The it's case, the... or is... yeah. I mean, it is. Op- like the basics is basically that, but there's that. Yes, it's also like <laughs> lemmings, in in that it's yeah, 2D it's like and they a, die like all your uh, war fortresses and rim uh, worlds and everything. Well. If you just uh, take the combat portion out of it, uh, and just to okay. build no a colony combat. and expand. Yeah, there's there is. Oh, well, there's combat, but it's well, there, you there is a little bit dudes. of combat as well. You can uh, <laughs> actually kill like there, there is all kinds of creatures going around, but they are mostly uh, there to make stuff for you as well. Like there's a, okay. uh, for example, there's this uh, slicksters uh, that live in the very hot uh, environments, and they they eat carbon dioxide, and they poop out uh, oil, and that's uh, how you get, uh, for example, meet <laughs> those in real life. And there's a bunch of similar ones. Uh, so it's, it's there's the, like a whole like, complex uh, heat system, like gas system, and liquids and solids, and how you transform them to each other and have to deal with all of that. Uh, so it's, it's a, also like a kind of physics simulator at the same time. And you have to build like complex systems of like piping and um, like liquid pipes and, and heat pipes and all kinds of things. And there's a radiation now as well. So you build a, your own nuclear power plant, uh, which can melt down and explode. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really fantastic. I, um, if you like uh, that kind of like a building complex things and- I'm gonna have to check this out. Survival management game. Then, yeah, definitely. I am gonna have to check this out. It is, it is great. It's not for everyone, for sure. Well, the thing is, is I like the biggest thing that sort of started getting to me about RimWorld was the combat, and the the you were constantly having to fight and constantly having to do all of this. So the idea of there being no fighting and it more being just against the elements and just against that sort of stuff, I'm gonna have to check this out. I think. Yeah, it's really good. And there's like automation and you have conveyor belts as well if you want. And there's all kinds of things. And you can build all pretty wild systems with them. And you have sometimes have to as well. And it's always fun when everything goes wrong and people Did the quantum stockpiles probably. They're not as needed. That's the one thing I really remember from that game was just piling items in one pile. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's part units, of the fun but... of the game, uh, because you can uh, definitely use things uh, that weren't exactly intended to be used uh, that way by the developers, especially when they were access launched. We did all kinds of weird uh, things. Uh, some of them were bugs, uh, which then have been fixed. Uh, but like, uh, you can put a... Uh, normally, you have, have to have a fridge to cool down like your food and whatever, but it would still spoil. But if you put it in the carbon dioxide environment, uh, it uh, doesn't spoil at all, so you can basically store infinite food. Uh, as long as you have enough carbon dioxide in a, in a hole 
with your fridge or whatever storage container. And then there was a all kind of weirdness like you could um, uh, in in the early access version you could not uh, like you have like a iron ore and whatnot uh, and you can refine that into like refined metals. Um, but the the refining wasn't in the game uh, in the early access launch. So uh, there's this uh, one uh, building uh, that's a uh, like a liquid uh, tepidizer which uh, basically heats water. And because water is really requires a lot of uh, energy to heat, basically, um, it's very powerful at heating things. Uh, but uh, if you put it on a timer, basically like switch that uh, goes on and off and on and off, uh, it turns on and off uh, repeatedly. Um, and it's only supposed to run in water, but uh, because of that on and off uh, thing, uh, it runs for a second, basically, uh, even in the like uh, non-water environment, so in the air. And it's it's really good at heating uh, any gases around it. So I devised this thing that uh, I dropped metals basically on it uh, and then I was just turning it on and on and off of, uh, as much as I could, uh, which then uh, basically super hit the room uh, to the point where the deputizer itself and all the metals uh, melted into uh, refined metals. <laughs> and you can do all kinds of that kind of weirdness, uh, super cool things and uh, super heat things uh, as well. And uh, you can turn water into steam and make steam power and uh, the whole like uh, uh, converting matter uh, to different states uh, and then using that heat and uh, the gases and liquids and solids and so on is, is really cool. But yeah, no, it's it's lovely to hear you talking about um, the oxygen not included once again. I don't know. Oh, like, I'm just like... sitting there going, oh my god, my brain is already broken. Yeah, I have like a to do no. list on the stream as well because you get like these massive projects. It's kind of like Dwarfort as well. Like at some point you'll start mega projects and it's like just like these things are like I need to build this, I need to build this, I need to build this to build this, and then just it's just a list that keeps I mean, growing and growing and growing. It's just like me talking about anything Dwarf Fortress and people's brains just kind of shut off. It's like if you if you sit down and play the game from the beginning, it's not that bad. But if like someone is just talking about the things that they're they've been doing to break the game, it makes your yeah Dwarf Fortress is sort of a really similar nonsense you can do with like magma and everything yeah yeah it's, it just turns into brain becomes zoidberg <laughs> but yeah I, I definitely recommend checking out archie if you have not uh... yeah I might, I might check it out it's and it's it's, it's, it's uh, one of those games where you can see yeah i mean you can sink like hundreds of hours and easily into it i'm gonna talk about enter the chronosphere for a minute Go if nuts. i can just like kind of dive in there. Uh, Enter the Chronosphere is a top-down turn-based roguelike. Stop me <laughs> this one before. Um, it, it's it's a neat one though. Um, so it, it's free. It was made for the Seven Day RL. I want to say in, for the Seven Day RL 2021, which is a week-long game jam where people make roguelikes. And Enter the Chronosphere is free on itch, and it is a top-down circular map. Um, kind of akin to those old mazes that you know you'd maybe find at the dentist's office with a little metal ball in it and you'd like roll it around and until it gets into the end hole Did uh, any, have you ever play those yeah no, I, think I, I, plastic think, mazes. I think i know what you're on about like a marble in them anyway um they were everywhere when i was a small child and now everybody has phones um but anyway it, it kind of takes place in a maze sort of like that and it is it's not on a grid. It is like you, you kind of draw a line in a direction and your little at symbol jumps along that line and everything kind of moves freeform. And when you move, it 
speeds the game up into almost real time for that period of time that you're moving. So it almost ends up becoming like a top-down super hot, more so than a roguelike pretty quick. But it 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 does kind of... It, it, it fits in with all of the trappings to feel like a roguelike, even if it's a little bit in a different direction. Um, there are various different weapons that are left around the environment, and pretty quickly you'll be like dashing to the left and then dodging a bunch of screws that some chess piece is shooting at you so that you can fire a shotgun in between two pillars and hopefully pop the guy and the thing behind him so that you can then dash forward and pick up dual-wielding pistols and then shoot them behind you again and then throw those at something so that you can pick up another weapon and stab something with it. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of hard to explain because it is just a very abstracted thing and there really isn't a lot to it. Um... But it runs in a browser. It's free. It's called Enter the Chronosphere. It's got a jazzy hip-hop soundtrack that was written originally for the game. And it is a bunch of fun. I played it for like three hours over my weekend. So that's Enter the Chronosphere. Arch, you want to talk about Deponia? Yes. So I was joined by Aya on uh, Thursday night, who we decided that she was going to join me in the call because otherwise she would destroy her keyboard yelling at me because I'm, I'm first of all, not good at point and click games. And second of all, I've never played Deponia or anything like it. So <laughs> I jumped into the deep end with the full Deponia collection and it's absolutely fun. It's, it's delightful. It, broke my brain several times we're going like i've done everything i can where do i go with this but then you find something that works and you feel so smart for it um but no it was good fun i got about three hours into it and i i feel that i progressed probably at the pace of someone who is not good at not good at point and click games that's for sure (laughs) um but yeah, it, it's kind of nice there being no stakes. You know, you're not you're not like trying to beat the time. There's not a game over. There's not a there's not any challenges or things you have to manage. It's just finding what clicks with what. And it was actually quite nice. Um poor Aya did did end up yelling at me a lot, but thankfully her in in, in her yelling, she uh unplugged her microphone. So we didn't hear any of it. Um, chat was quite disappointed at that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it went quite well. Fun was had by most. Yeah, the bodies were definitely one of those uh, point-and-click games uh, that have kind of the, kind of the moon logic, uh, where it doesn't really make sense that this is uh, what you need to use for this uh, sometimes, uh, but it just slots in there. And it's really trying yeah. and throwing, throwing things at the wall until one of them... Uh, works so yeah a... some of it like i would like to have a guide next to me that if i don't work out what to do in like five minutes i quickly check the guide and yeah. i did get broken at a spot and after the stream i went and looked at it and the, even the guide doesn't make sense <laughs> you know i'm like how are you supposed to know this and yeah it was so strange and like, it, it's kind of tough when you are, especially when you're doing it on stream, because every interaction you do is voiced. 
right? Yeah. So and just repeating you a try times. using an item on an item and he will voice it out. You try use another item on another item, he'll voice it out. For me, I'm quite a fast reader, so I can read quicker than the voice, but because I'm on stream, I've got to keep waiting for the voice to play and then and then go through with it. So that kind of slowed me down a lot, especially on stream. But mm. apart from that, no, it's it was quite um quite entertaining and and I think I'll be continuing to play it at some point. Yeah, I think uh, all of these kind of point and click games could use uh, the similar uh, helper function, like the new Monkey Island uh, remakes. Well, new, not really new at this point. But uh, and those, uh, you have basically a button that gives you a hint uh, where you need to go next and what you need to do next. Uh, and uh, yeah, it gets um, you can press it multiple times. It's like first one is like a kind of go that way maybe, and then it just gets like more and more detail. Like uh, the more you press the button. And like the, if you don't get it from the first clue here's the next clue kind of thing and that kind of thing is really great to have a, if, if you get yeah. really stuck in a game there was one section that you needed clear water and you went and you helped someone find a well that had clear water but nothing you could do like he would talk he would look at it and go yep that's clear water and any time you tried to interact with it, he's like, no, nah, I refuse to touch this person's water. And you're like, what is going on? And eventually it turned out you had to combine battery acid with something else, with alcohol. And like the alcohol counted as clear liquid, like clear water. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> Obviously. This is like, why did I do that entire other thing? And so there were a few things like that that kind of threw me and probably took a little bit longer than um then it then it would have if i was playing solo because i would have just like clicked all the things and just quickly clicked through them but no apart from that it was quite quite entertaining and quite good also if you're continuing with the series uh uh the first game in my opinion is definitely the worst out of them like it gets better as you go i've heard line. the fourth one is very flat and i think i haven't done that one i think i've done the first three only myself though yeah but, uh, at, at least uh um what the memory tell reminds me is that uh, uh two and three were better than the first one but also it okay. might be also that you're uh, at that point you're already invested in the characters and the story and everything so it's yeah but it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if if it got a little bit more polished and it got a little bit better as it went on i mean you would hope that uh, as a, a game developer it makes a more of the same type of games that they would improve uh, progressively <laughs> not always <laughs> yeah it's not the case definitely always but uh you would hope uh but you know i i'm just kind of looking at the list of games here and going man I, I think that's pretty much everything is there anything else we wanted to talk about in the games we've been playing in the last two weeks no well, not for me week? i haven't been playing a bunch of monster hunter off stream all right bell monster hunter minute yeah, go mon <laughs> monster hunter is great the, the new dlc is great it's more monster hunter if you like Monster Hunter, it's great. Go get it. If you don't like Monster Hunter, you don't don't get it. Um, but the one thing it did us uh, actually really well is uh, uh, the Rise base game was actually fairly easy for a Monster Hunter, uh, and um, typically ram ramps up quite nicely in the uh, new DLC. So cool, cool new monsters, more difficult, new shit, and all the things. So definitely recommend it.
All right, fantastic. Uh, we're going to go to news uh, right after this short break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the news of the last week or so. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Tudikiri. I'm a full-time content creator and Twitch streamer focusing on indie and strategy games. I'm advocating accessibility in video games, especially when it comes to simulation sickness. I love chatting with my wholesome community, achievement hunting, and winter. Look for Tudikiri on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Patreon. And now, back to the podcast. And we're back with the with this here episode of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, hosted by me, Blind IRL, as well as uh, Arch Plays Stuff and Bellinaire. This is episode 25 for July 10th, 2022. And we're going to be talking about the news in the games that, uh, of, 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 or news in gaming and around gaming of the past week or so. Uh, starting off with this first story about RTX 4000 cards maybe being delayed. Arch, take it away. Yeah, um, too many RTX 3000s around, apparently. In uh, a stunning su- display of uh, topsy-turvy, it looks like that nowadays uh, there's too many used uh, RTX 3000s and suppliers are also unable to sell the ones they have after how scant they were with um, Bitcoin mining and Ethereum mining. It looks like there's a flood of them. So uh, news on the street is NVIDIA may delay their uh, RTX 4000 GPU launch um, from October to December to try and help some of those uh, 3000 sell. The kind of interesting thing about this is it's almost like all of those RTX 3000 cards were just sitting in people's garages and basements mining (laughs) Ethereum for the past year. So I don't. Uh, they were doing. They were doing that, or they were there trying to be scalped. And what's happened is the mining's gone down, so all the used ones are hitting there. And plus, also, like we do have to take in mind that they were hit heavily by purchases, so they probably ramped production up significantly. Um, and the problem is, is they just produced further than the than the block was. So that's, um, I mean, I'm not complaining. It's a weird story, and there's kind of no real upside to it, from what I can tell. Because, you know, you have new tech that needs to come onto the market. We have old stuff circulating, and the prices haven't dropped that much. Like, yeah, they've they've gone down from where they were, but they're still not at market value, at least here. Um, they're getting there, but they're still not quite there. There's still a couple hundred dollars too expensive. And it's, I don't know. I'm not willing to buy a used graphics card because I don't trust anybody who's selling them. Like, even if they're resealing them, which, which, or because some of them are resealing them, which I've seen happen. Um, Like, you'll buy a sealed graphics card that looks like it's new in the box, but it was actually just resealed back in the box that it was originally sold in. Um, And so you're actually getting a used graphics card. So I don't, I'm not, I don't trust myself to buy a graphics card from a, somebody who's selling when used or pre-owned even. And at that point, it also makes it kind of sketchy to buy like refurbished cards and the ones that are still new in stores aren't that cheap. So it's, I don't know. We're in this weird part where like the market got really congested for a bit and now it's opening up, but it's still like higher than it should be. And I need it to kind of come down to where it's supposed to be before I can pull the trigger and buy a card. Cause yeah. So I'm looking at some of these cards here. Cause I, pie in the sky idea was like oh yeah i should look at getting getting a new card or something 
um, at some point. Cries but in like I was looking at. Sorry, I'm still using a 1070, so I'm crying with my 1070. Uh, I'm I'm using a 2070, but I have been debating updating that. But like looking at prices, especially in New Zealand, um, in March they were at 3070 Ti. I've just pulled this from PC Part Picker was 1500 new zealand right and now they're about 1100 new zealand so that's march april may june and they've dropped you know 400 dollars. so there's definitely that um that drop they're still very expensive and uh yeah but no it seems pretty okay at, at that point um hopefully they just keep going down yeah, I, I think I'm going to give it until the end of summer and see where it's at, but I I, I kind of just hope that the, the 4,000s come out and they don't get scalped and they're reasonably priced, but, you know, I also wish that the I wish that global warming would stop, so, you know, some things are just inevitable. Yeah, that's totally not going to happen. Yeah. Speaking of things that are inevitable is people being mean to people on the internet. Um, So, you guys know who Ron Gilbert is, right? I can just kind of assume this. Sometimes heard of him. Yep, yep. The guy who did uh, Monkey Island. Yeah, as well as a, a bunch of other uh, lovely point and clicks over the years. Um, Ron Gilbert, kind of an industry legend, I think, fair to say, um, ha- is has a blog called Grumpy Gamer uh, that he's been posting to uh, as long as you can blog. Uh, he recently removed the comments section from uh his blog as well as is not as stated publicly he's not going to post anything about monkey island or return to monkey monkey island the uh the uh published by devolver continuation of the monkey island franchise that's currently in development because of people being mean to him um people have been going after him due to the art style um, it's, if you haven't seen uh devolver's return to monkey island made by ron gilbert and team uh, it is a beautiful looking, uh, very like uh, kind of a nice mix of like an animated film and a oil painting. Uh, it looks gorgeous and uh, people are upset that it's not pixel art. Um, that and there are people that are worried that it's going to be all about the politics that they don't like uh, or that they don't immediately agree with, or even just politics in general, because there are some people whose heads just like spontaneously erupt into anger when uh, politics is mentioned. But in reality, games like Monkey Island have always taken hits at political discussions just with puns. Um, But maybe you were a child when you played it the first time and thus it went over your head kind of deal. Yeah, the originals definitely had like a bunch of a political and social commentary mm-hmm. kind of hidden in not really hidden but there, there was definitely that in the dialogue in some parts uh. since, since since there's at least one other metalhead in the room i can use this example of people complain about this in every format of media i don't know what it is with the generation of the people that have grown up in the last like 30 to 40 years where they're just like suddenly really mad about politics being included in anything because system of a down put out two songs in 2020 which i i bought the like little i think it was either 2020 or 2021 but someone was complaining since when is system of a down so political and i damn near put my foot through my forehead when i read that comment so People complain about this in every single industry. Um, 
And what do you think the machine they were raging at was? The washing machine? Uh, that well, Rage Against the Machine also <laughs> political, but <laughs> but yeah, no. I when, when seeing 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 people complain that System of a Down is political now is very cute to me. Um, but no, it, it's this just disappoints me. Yeah, I'm sure what they're even complaining about, uh, like the art style and everything. Like, it's sure it's different. Uh, but so has like almost every monkey island has a very different uh, graphics uh, between them and this one looks actually quite nice to me well i'm gonna read some of the comics that were that are being highlighted in this kotaku article that i'm looking at um so so this is a uh, unnamed person who commented on grumpy gamers blog ron gilmert's blog and said wait 30 years for this just when i waited 30 years for this just when i wanted to say whatever you do don't make this leftist, multicultural, gender BS. Uh, I saw this little graphic style, and I can't, and it can't be saved anymore. Definitely will not buy it. Um, here's another comment that somebody left, which is, this, this is the product of a person who hates what he created and is proving to all you ass lickers that he never wanted to make another. Um, yeah, nah. It's just ridiculous. Um... It's always funny seeing seeing that sort of stuff because quite simply, you know, armchair developers, armchair artists, all of that. And like I, I love when he when he's like, Oh, this is political leftist stuff because of the the art style. Like is is the art style itself political and leftist? Uh, uh. <laughs> That's what being. I think that's the only real answer. Like just these laughing. These are the people that would not care if it was the other side of the political spectrum, and that's where you've got to see the issue. Moving on, uh, E3 is coming back bigger and better than ever, and nobody should care. Um, Reed Pop uh, is um, taking over an in-person E3 next year. Reed Pop, they that- they make packs. Yeah, like, how does that... PAX and E3 are completely different styles of events. That sounds to me like E3 will no longer be a news thing or a release thing, but more of just a pop culture thing like PAX is. Like... But PAX has been... I'm uh, sorry, the E3 has been opening and opening more and more for, like... It hasn't been just the industry. Oh, no, 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 no. Years. I know like you've 10, been able to get 10 there, 15 years ago, it was yeah. the the place to go for the news and now it is a place to for people to go but i mean i don't see this being a place like i don't know it just feels weird to me like uh pax and e3 have been vastly different ways of having a con in my mind you know um and uh i think i saw the term key three referring referring to jeff Keeley's um summer games uh showcase or whatever it was called um yeah it's kind of interesting whether or not that will take off in a completely different aspect like are people going to go to to e3 for the announcements or is it just going to become another pack well if this helps in any way i've got this video games chronicle article up here uh which includes a quote uh from the uh uh, uh ceo of read pop read pop 
Uh, and they say, uh, it is a tremendous honor and privilege for ReadPop to take on the responsibility of bringing E3 back in 2023. Uh, president of ReadPop, rather. Um, uh, with the support and the endorsement of the ESA, we're going to build a world-class event to serve the global gaming industry in a new and broader in new and broader ways than we already do. Read pop through our portfolio of world leading events and websites. Um, and then essentially they go on to kind of elaborate that they want it to be a industry focused event with uh, community and fan opportunities for interaction, essentially. Um, whatever that means. The the thing that kind of bothers me about E3 is E3 needs to in order for E3 to exist, to have a reason to exist, it has to be a place for developers and some high-end influencers uh, and publishers all to kind of, and and people, financers, people with money uh, who want to fund video games, all kind of meeting up and talking, right? And the more audience and people you throw into that that are unrelated to that, the more watered down and useless the event becomes because it becomes a... Uh, like I, I got invited to go to E3 once and I said no. And the reason I said no is because I didn't want to be in the way of people who were actually trying to work because generally when I go to conventions, I do a couple meetings the first two days and then I get drunk for three days. Uh, it's it's not really like there's kind of an upper ceiling for the amount that I can do at conventions. And I, I usually just kind of end up being in the way for the last latter half of it. Um, and when, when I look at this, I, I think, okay, if you want to bring back E3 and you want to bring back E3 in a way that matters, you have to convince the video games industry that they need to go to E3 in order to um, propel the industry forward. And at this point, you know, they'll probably get Focus Home Interactive to have a booth. They'll probably get certain uh, smaller double A and triple, maybe bigger indie publishers uh, there. Like Devolver would probably have a booth, right? Um, but you're not going to get your 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 Microsofts. You're not going to get your Nintendos. You're not going to get Sony, right? Like they're they're not going to come back. And unless you can convince them to come back, it's kind of like having a like uh, it, it's it's kind of like having a, a a film live streaming service without Disney or any or Paramount or any of the major film producers eventually uh, you have to support it with ads, and then everybody unsubscribes. I wonder, I wonder what I could be talking about. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's yeah. I don't know. This seems like yeah, a waste of time. To I me. feel um, that it's a uh, kind of past its time, especially with like the COVID and everything. Like everyone has to figure out their own uh, ways of uh, getting the news and the stuff out there with their digital events and whatnot, uh, and like Sony and Microsoft have had their separate events, and Nintendo has had their separate event uh, for a while now, like on the side of the E3, but not at the E3. And it's like, do we really need the E3 anymore, if not everyone is already doing their own thing? Mm -hmm. And then and then also add in Summer Games Fest, which is trying to do an in-person event next year as well. And at this point, it's like, if someone asked me, if I was an industry person right now, and someone was like, do you want to go to E3 next year? There will be fans there and all of this other stuff, or do you want to go to uh, Summer Games Fest? Which probably is just industry based on what they've talked about previously. I'd go to Summer Games Fest. Yeah. I mean, likely a lot of them will go to both of them, mm -hmm. but not have like a uh, 
booth presence or anything like that uh, at the E3. I think so I'm going to check out uh, maybe a couple of years. Cheating. Well, it depends <laughs> on if they're in the city or not. I mean, if they're already like in the Bay Area, San Francisco, or California, they'll probably just go to both. But I don't know. I guess we'll kind. Of, I'm kind of curious to see what form this takes. Um, I do hope it is something that is, uh, lock like you know, more press focused, more industry focused, and not so consumer focused. But consumer focused is how people make money. But maybe it'll come back from the dead bigger and better than ever. Uh, speaking of coming back from the dead bigger and better than ever, Skull and Bones has a beta that you can sign up for. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody want to take this one? No, I, think that was an, roll with it. I think that was announced on E3 as well, like many, many, many years ago at this point. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. You you well, roll with this one. I'm uh, I'm keen to hear all about it. Does that mean you don't know what Skull and Bones is? No clue. Okay. So Skull and Bones is... Okay, so did you, did you play uh, Fallout or not Fallout? Same thing. Assassin's Creed Black Flag, the Ubisoft game. I played it for about three hours. Okay. Um, you know how it was the Assassin's Creed game that had the annoying Assassin's Creed stuff, but also you could have cool pirate ships? Yes, and there was a button to sing sea shanties. Okay, imagine that, but it's just the pirate ships. Okay, I'm already sold. That's Skull and Bones. Um, but it's also like an MMO. <laughs> so be be wary. Um <laughs> And not so yeah, unsold. New World, the pirate game. But anyway, uh, Skull and Bones was announced to be like, yo, so like we thought that the pirate mechanics were real fun, so we decided to uh, make an actual pirate game instead of like just because initially Black Flag Assassin's Creed was supposed to be a a, a different IP, um, but they didn't think it would sell, so they glued Assassin's Creed to it. Um, I guess theoretically, this is them kind of reverse coursing and going back to that. Anyway, it just kind of went into development hell. Like, they announced it, they showed gameplay, and then never talked about it again. Um, and we all just kind of assumed it was dead. And then this past, like, major set of announcements, they were like, oh, by the way, we're bringing Skull and Bones back, guys! Um, to the point where, like, it had a Steam page, like, four, like four years ago, that got just delisted. Like, it disappeared. It was dead for a bit. Uh, anyway, you can now go sign up and um, long live piracy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Is it going to be Epic exclusive? Well, currently it says that it's coming to, just on the website, uh, it says, uh, overcome the odds as, as you rise from the outcast to the infamous of Pirate Skull and Bones. It'll be available November 8th on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Stadia, Epic Games, and Ubisoft Connect. So it is uh, Epic Exclusive I mean, then. I guess you could also just use with, with, UB Like they've been doing a lot of it there, uh, newest new games now. It's uh, on Epic and on the Ubisoft, but not on Steam. Oh, I wonder if that would mean that it will also be on Game Pass because Xbox, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. I would be. I would guess it would be. I mean, you get pretty like high profile games uh, on launch. Dep depends on game if, Pass. It's, if it's. Depends whether Epic is spending money or Microsoft is spending money. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. This is one of those things where it's like, if it was on Game Pass, I'd try it. Um, yeah, I would try this one, for sure. I might tr still try it, even if it's not on Game Pass. Yeah, it'd be interesting to look at. But if I see anything oh. called Ubisoft Quartz, I will be out of that <laughs> faster yeah, than... That, that's a, yeah. Anything <laughs> NFT, I'm out. 
Yeah, definitely. But um, I think that's pretty much all we have for the day. This is a little bit of a short, but also stapled together, sweaty, hot, it's summer, goddammit, episode of the Halcyon Frequency podcast. Uh, something that I posted earlier in this document and then completely didn't talk about at all. Uh, end of this month, we're hosting a game jam. Uh, hopefully by the time you hear this, I will have a place where you can sign up. 29th, uh, 30th, and 31st, and the 1st, uh, starting at the end of this month. Uh, the theme is Good Morning. Anybody can enter. We're accepting people at all skill levels. You can bring stuff from the outside, like asset packs and whatnot. Just uh, all of the actual game development has to be done during, like, within the game jam. So uh, if you want to take part in that, join the Halcyon Frequency Discord, uh, which can be found through halcyonfrequency.com. Uh, but before I shout out everything to do with the podcast, Arch, tell people where they can go find you and your stuff. They can go find me playing stuff at twitch.tv slash archplaysstuff. Also on uh, Twitter as twitch, uh, twitter.com slash archplaysstuff. Bellinara, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitch with Bellinara. And then Bellinara TV, pretty much everywhere else. YouTube, uh, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. And also, uh, like last week, I've been paint painting a mini at this time as well. So you can find my miniature stuff uh, on Rikus Hobby Corner on YouTube and then uh, uh, Rikus Minis on Instagram. And you'll probably see what I've been painting today in a few days. And um, please tweet pictures of cats at Blind IRL because my brain has been stupid the past two days. Um, and Did I, you see my cat? Did I, you see the cat I saw? I haven't opened Twitter yet because I'm a professional, but... No, I I will open it after we finish recording this. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, you can find me at twitch.tv slash blindirl or stupidskull.com and uh, blindirl everywhere, YouTube, uh, Twitter, everything. Uh, also, on the 14th, I will be uh, having a discussion with um, previous podcast guest host Tekid and... Uh, Dwarf Fortress creator and developer Tarn Adams on on, on uh, July fourteenth at three p.m. Pacific. So show up at my Twitch channel if you want to hear that discussion. That should be fun. Um, but I think that's everything for this podcast. So if you want to find more episodes of this podcast, you can do that over at halcyonfrequency.com or the podcast platform of your choice. If it's not available in a podcast platform that you would like to find it, please send me a DM and I will make it appear there. If you want to ask us questions uh, for this podcast, because we do sometimes do Q&As, uh, you can go over to our Discord and there's a questions room uh, where you can ask us questions or just simply discuss the podcast in the podcast room. And uh, you can follow the team at Halcyon Megahertz and I don't know what else I'm shouting out at this point um yeah share the podcast with your friend play it for your dog uh play it in the car uh shout it out the window tell people to follow the halcyon frequency podcast because it's a pretty good podcast i think i should shut up thank you very much for listening to this episode uh we'll be back next sunday bye bye, bye. i'm going back to bed